You are listening to the Extreme Nazarene Podcast, where you hear from real-life missionaries on the field and how they are changing the world. Welcome to the November episode of the Extreme Podcast. I'm Trevor, your host, and I am here with co-host Kaylin Wheatley. Hello, everyone. Nate Roskam. Hey, folks. And our producer, Abigail Marie Tveras. <laughs> Wisdom. Hey, guys. Um, so, yeah, we're in the month of November already. I can't believe that we're almost done with 2016. Yeah, um, crazy. And with November comes more sleep. We yeah. get to fall back, fall back. an hour. Um, and pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice everything. everything. I got some pumpkin spice tortilla chips from yes. Trader Joe's. Those are the best. They're weird. No, they're so good. <laughs> I can't figure out what to pair them with. Everything. Can That's you do why. guac? Sure. Them? Why not? Sure. I got the pumpkin spice toilet cleaner. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's real fresh. And smells, makes your bathroom just yeah. smell. And like dryer smell. sheets, pumpkin stress dryer sheets. What? No. no he's okay. Kidding. Oh good. Oh good. <laughs> These things don't actually exist, oh, but good. you should probably but, patent know, them. Seriously, because I think by next year these like, are going to be true. real, real products yeah, for real. True. I think you're right. I think every year I get more and more um, just befuddled by <laughs> the products that are coming out as pumpkin spice. Um, yeah. My roommate has five, I kid you not, five boxes of Life cereal in our pantry. Pumpkin Spice Life? No. Well, Life cereal, five boxes. And I went to Winco um, a couple weeks ago, and I saw that they had a Pumpkin Spice <laughs> Life I cereal. Uh-huh. And so Life I bought it for favorite. him. That's awesome. That's very yeah, giving of you. Spice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I bet he's thankful for you in this like, month of November. I like to give oh, life. Oh, it is the month of thanks. Oh, it is the month of thanks. Great segue. We want to talk about what we are thankful for this month. Mm. So, yeah. who would like to start us out? Abby. I'm thankful for Nampa Carpool because I save Ooh. a lot of gas. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, for our listeners and some context, the Nampa Carpool is um, me, Abby, Kaylin Wheatley, and her husband, Michael. And we yeah. sometimes Oh, sometimes it's Nate. <laughs> okay. But he's to the be least fair, to be fair, since you've done it. I, since I've joined the Nampa Carpool, Nate has not participated yeah. once. <laughs> Which is not a sign of my unfaithfulness, but in part my tra- traversing. Um, and need for a car more often than not, and my hectic schedule, which could segue into my thankfulness of, Mm. I'm thankful that this potentially could be the last full crazy month Mm. of doctoral dissertating. So I'm on the the definite downhill slope, so as long as this month is good, which I have a good plan and strategy, then we'll be turning in a draft of my dissertation the first week of November. I mean, December. <laughs> That's how out of it I am. So, yeah, I'm thankful. That's cool. It is. Very cool. So, one more month of craziness yeah. before you turn in your before dissertation. I turn it in. And, and is that the very last thing that you have to do? For no, because then, then they, my advisor will re- review the draft, slice it up into several hundred pieces, probably. Destroy then, it. Yeah. You will destroy it. Yes, and hopefully it won't be too destroyed. Hopefully it's just pass with some of these modifications, edits, yeah. and then working toward the defense in March, graduation, end of April. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That is great news. Let's pray I make it. <laughs> yes. Kaylin, what are you thankful for? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is chorizo at Chipotle. <gasps> Have you tried it yet? Yes. It's so good. It is good. <laughs> that is a far less serious note than what Nate was just talking about in thankfulness, but it is very good, and mm-hmm. I love Chipotle. So um, besides that, I'm thankful to yeah, be finding a rhythm in life. We're back in the States for the last 
five or so months and um, it's been a, an adjustment period and I'm so thankful that God's been incredibly faithful and helping us find rhythm and getting used to life here and adjusting and everything it's yeah we're we're getting through and that's awesome <laughs> that's cool what are you thankful for Trevor <laughs> thank you for were you asking? just waiting for someone to ask <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the host, you know, the host doesn't get asked the question, so I appreciate that. I thank you for for taking the host hat for a moment. The hostess hat yes. for a moment. Um, I'm thankful for um, a community of strong Christians in this area that, um, that sharpen each other. Mm. Um, I think in the past I have had communities that um, were full of strong Christians but um, maybe there wasn't just the the sharpening and the encouragement like I've been experiencing here Um, and so I think that has been really incredible and has launched me over this past year into um, a lot of deep um, growth with the Lord so I'm really thankful for all the community here and, and really beyond just sharpening each other and in our spiritual walk, it's just been um, like really great family. Um, it's a college community kind of area, so there are a lot of young adults here who don't have families. And so I think that's a blessing um, to, to live among people like that. It's just... Yeah, it's been good family community, so I'm really thankful for that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. Cool. Yeah, one of the reasons why this podcast is coming to you so late in this month is because we've all been traveling. Um, yes, every single one of us, into different places even. So Nate was really the first one who took off into the wild blue yonder. I did. And where did you go, Nate? I headed down south to Ecuador to do what's called a vision tour. So I had some donors, church leaders, um, and people who are partnering with us in ministry and gave them kind of what I call the 30,000 foot view of Extreme, what we do. Uh, Visited the the Quito Center, Extreme Center Quito, where we do our training of our missionaries so they could see what that looks like. We visited Ibarra, the church in Ibarra, which is now um, uh, post-Extreme church plant team. Uh, by about eight months so it's operating by itself uh, fully self-sufficient so the group could see what that looks like so that means that we did a church plant there a church plant there correct the missionaries have missionaries have left the building yes Um, they finished their two years and um, left um, Ibarra and the church is still functioning quite well has some incredible leadership it was a fascinating stop that was a great weekend we spent there went to Latacunga Ecuador which is um, where we will launch a team and uh, they'll be in training in January and hit the field hopefully March or April of next year in La Tacunga. So we got to meet with the district superintendent who would oversee that area and talk about his vision, what he hopes that church becomes. Um, got to pray on a site that may be a potential place where they hmm. would have a building, um, which is really powerful. Um, and then we also went to Monta, which the team has been on the ground there since July and got to minister with them, kind of travel um, with them throughout the day and see what they do and spend some incredible time with them to encourage uh, and encourage them. So the people who are potentially investing or are investing in Extreme or churches that are partnering with us got to see kind of the whole perspective of what a church plant uh, looks like from beginning to end and the, and the goal of what we hope these uh, churches become for their communities. So it was a, an awesome time, an incredible group, and uh, I miss it. I miss it a lot. And it's so good to be with our folks down there and to see all those individuals who are a part of Extreme, you know, our family. And mm-hmm. it's fun to spend time. And they host really well, so they make you feel loved and they take care of you and mm-hmm. leave little chocolates on your pillow. It's great. Aww. Well, that sounded like a really cool trip, and we're glad that you're back. Thank you, sir. It's good having your presence back in the office. I know that we missed you. And there was a team down there, too, that was doing, like, 
media collection too, right? Correct. Yeah, so we're really excited to see all that stuff. Yes. We'll have some new videos out for you guys to see soon. So Kaylin went to Washington. <laughs> right. <laughs> What'd you do in Washington? <clears throat> well, I have family. My in-laws are all in Spokane now. And so my husband and I, Mike, flew up there for a quick weekend trip. And we drove over to Wenatchee, Washington, to one of his um, uncle's orchards. And we did a cider pressing party. You're a Washington boy. I'm a Washingtonian. That's yeah. good stuff right there. Yeah. Have you done a cider pressing before? Yes. Nate can vouch for cider press- pressing being a really cool thing. And in, Very cool. And the family, they use an 80-year-old cider press, and so you, it's all wooden with, you know, the metal pieces, obviously, but been in the family for generations, and you throw the apples in one end and shred them up, and they go into a bucket, and then you manually press down uh, all the apples in the bucket to make the juice come out. That was really cool. It's super fun. It's a lot of work. It's manual labor for sure. I'm, I would be surprised if the guys were not sore after all of the cranking and turning to get things, uh-huh. to get the juice flowing, but it's super fun. So you had to shred the apples right. with what? It's a crank in the cider press. Uh-huh. It's hard Is to it kind of like an ice machine? Sure, yeah, like you shred the ice ice. With a, I'm doing a hand motion, which you who are listening can't see, so it's highly unhelpful to just crank my arm and show you what it was like, but, like, like, yeah. Like running an old video camera, the crank. Right. So slicing apples. You, yeah, you cut the apples that That's way. That's cool. Like a bunch at a time. Like uh-huh. you throw 10 in and you have the crank going and uh-huh. it's a lot of work. Interesting. And then the press, you said you manually press it. Like, are you yeah. pushing with your hands? Or You're there's a, spinning. There's like a dial at the top. Yeah, the there's a dial that oh, you wow. turn. And it presses it. It presses. Thus the name. Right. Cider press. Yes. I wonder where the word cider comes from. What does it mean? I don't You're getting the juice you. from insider. Insider the apple. <laughs> that's true that's where it comes from I'm a Washingtonian we have apples are you s- no. he knows yeah somebody walked in and cider has to be something it has to probably to do with fermentation of some sort mm-hmm. because, I yeah. think this is yep you're right yeah. cider from old French cidre cidre um, which goes back further to Greek which is related to the Arabic sakar, which means strong drink. Boom. Sakira. So that's cool. Cider yeah. pressing. That's really interesting. It was fun. Going do, to go see a cider yeah. press. Or do it. Or doing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, it tastes delicious, too. When you really cool. road trip. Boom. So, Abby, where did you go? So I went to Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, two weekends ago, I just went with some friends from Oklahoma. They took a 26-hour road trip, so I met them there because it's only eight and a half hours from here. Um, a cool story about my trip to Redding. On the way back, I was driving through Oregon late at night, and I looked down. I was in the outback. There was um, nothing around me, and I looked down at my gas tank, and I was on empty, and... Um, there was no gas station near me. I had no service on my phone. It was dark outside and I didn't know what to do. So I just started praying and I just, I turned worship music on and I just started praying and just started declaring, um, God's goodness that he was so good. He would never leave me stranded out in the Oregon outback (laughs) with no gas. So, um, yeah, I just started praying over my car and an hour and a half later, I made it to a gas station. My car ran for an hour and a half <laughs> on empty <laughs> because Jesus. <laughs> and That's then, so awesome. Let's see. Then we went to Salt Lake City this last weekend, my roommate and I, and then a, our friend Shauna, just to hang out. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. How about you, Trevor? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I went uh, hunting a couple weeks ago, which everybody thought was the strangest thing for Trevor Allen to do. Um, granted, I get it. <laughs> um, I had to call back to Ohio and get my um, my hunting license um, or some kind of documentation that I went through my like a hunting safety course. And uh, the woman on the other line asked me when was the last time that I had a license and I couldn't remember and so she found my records and last time I had a hunting license was in 1999 so <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago um, when I was 12 um, so went hunting and we didn't get anything we were hunting for deer um, we only saw between the four of us, we didn't see, like, I personally didn't see five deer, but between the four of us, we only saw five deer. Um, but my roommate, just two days ago, got a call from um, the pastor at his church. And um, he was like, I need I need your help. I got an elk, and uh, it's, it's sitting up in the mountain. We quartered it and brought back some of it, but we need to go back for the rest. And uh, so David left at 2 a.m. to go oh, help him get this meat off the mountain. <laughs> and uh, they uh, they couldn't find it until light. But um, David said that they saw like 25 deer up there in just that one morning. So he's like, we'll have to go hunting there next year. So it was really fun, though. So went hunting for the first time in over 10 years, over 15 years. And um, went camping for the first time ever. Really? Like real camping. Oh. Like not just camping close to outhouses and right. civilization, but like out in the country. So that was cool. Abby, you didn't know that was the first time I went camping? No, I'm baffled. <laughs> I've never been camping without bathrooms close by. What? I had never been camping until I was in college. So, yeah. And oh, I haven't been since I moved to South America. So. Yeah. Uh, living in South America is pretty darn close to <laughs> camping. Your whole experience of living in South in South America for two and a half years is way, way, way more than like a week of camping <laughs> with no facilities. <laughs> I've been a happy camper for a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, last month. Uh, we mentioned rather briefly that we were celebrating our 10-year anniversary. And uh, before, I, I think the podcast came out after 10 for 10 had started. But if you haven't seen the series, the 10 for 10 series, which goes through our 10 years of service and extreme, uh, if you haven't seen those videos, they are online and on our YouTube page. You can find them on this episode's page at extremenazarene.org slash podcast. And just click on this episode's page and you can find all those videos. So if you haven't seen those videos yet, go check that out. They were awesome, Trevor. Good work. Yep. Good work, Mike. Yeah. Kehoe, you did great. Um, it was incredible. Yes. Mike Kehoe did the majority of the work on those. <laughs> he did eight of those ten videos. I only did two. Um, but he traveled all over yeah. South America to Peru, to Argentina, to Chile, to Ecuador um, in a month and interviewed tons of people, got tons of footage, and then sat down at his computer when he had time um, and plugged out these amazing stories. He's super gifted. Yeah. Um, and we are so, so honored to have him on our team. Um so it was really cool to work with him on those. I learned a lot from him um, in, in video production. It was, yeah, just, he blows my mind. So cool. So shout out to Mike Kehoe. You are the man. Agreed. <laughs> Boom. Boom. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have come to the segment of our show that we like to call Vistazos. And for those of you out there who don't speak Spanish, vistazo is the word glimpse in English. We want to give you a glimpse into uh, missional life. So, Kaylin, would you like to start us out on your vistazo? Sure. I actually have a twofer today Ooh, because twofer. they're both short. Um, 
first of all, I want to talk about something we did. It was uh, a an Extreme Center Boise thing, but the ones who were able to go were Trevor, Abby, myself, and Michael. And we did something we called a prayer pilgrimage. We are located in Boise, Idaho, as many of you know, and that's part of the Inner Mountain District, which is huge in the Church of the Nazarene space-wise. It covers so many miles. Um, there are churches on this district in Idaho, Oregon, Nevada and Utah, right? Yep. Nate would know. He's a pastor. He is on this district. So, um, did you say Nevada too? There's a little yes, slice. Yeah. A little bit of Nevada. And so it's huge. And a lot of times we have talked to pastors and they feel kind of alone and isolated. And so something we had the idea to do was visit pastors and just pray with them, pray with their churches, pray for their local needs. And so we went on a Monday afternoon and prayed at the Boise Euclid Avenue Church of the Nazarene in with most of the office and then we drove to Salt Lake City and on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. we prayed in Salt Lake City at the Layton Church of the Nazarene mm-hmm. and then uh, continued on to Twin Falls and prayed there and then in Mountain Home we p- prayed circling the church outside it was mm-hmm. great we wouldn't you guys agree it was a yeah. really awesome yeah. time yeah, it was really awesome. Um, I really love that we um, got to take our desire for prayer and um, just that, that column that we have built within our organization and take it outside of our organization uh, to churches in the area and just partner with other people and bring our passion uh, to other people. Right. It's really exciting to, to serve um, the local church too. Um, we serve on the mission field, but we want to make an impact in our surroundings as well. Um, so that that was really cool. Um, yeah, I really loved it. It was uh, a pretty long trip because we left on Monday afternoon, drove six hours to Salt Lake, slept, <laughs> got up at 5 a.m., yeah. <laughs> and then hit the road again and got back here what six o'clock six, yeah yeah so uh, it was it was a pretty big trip um i'm looking forward to future yeah prayer pilgrimages yeah. we definitely want to keep doing it on the inner mountain district yeah. and really anywhere in the country if you're listening and you would want the extreme team to come and visit your church your district we would love to just come and pray and mm-hmm. see how we can serve you um because god has blessed extreme yeah. We're all here because God is has called us and we're passionate about what God is doing in the world and believe mm-hmm. that prayer is a huge part of that. Yeah. So if we can come and pray with you, call us up, email us, mm-hmm. shoot a message on our um, on our website or Facebook and mm-hmm. we can arrange something and that yeah. would be awesome for us. Totally. Absolutely. So then my other uh, vistazo, you might have heard of the holiday Thanksgiving Probably. (laughs) It's coming up in November. And then there's this little thing they call Black Friday. Oh, I know about Black Friday. Never heard of Thanksgiving. (laughs) And then there's Cyber Monday. And then they have created something called Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday comes the Tuesday after Black Friday and Cyber Monday when basically consumerism takes over our country. Mm-hmm. We look forward to the holidays and we go and spend money. Well, consumerism has <laughs> already taken over when it's highlighted. Yes, <laughs> right. So, for example, last year, uh, about $4.5 billion was spent just on Thanksgiving and Black Friday oh. shopping. That's so much money. (laughs) And then uh, I also found out that 140 million people went out on on Black Friday weekend to go shopping. And really, like, we spend a lot of money. People save this money for their holiday gifts, their Christmas gifts, and anything else they want to gift people or save for birthdays for the next year. People yeah, right. love deals. <laughs> we, we like buying things. We like materialism. But we also like to save money or yeah. feel like we're saving money. And so people go out and shop. But what Giving Tuesday is, 
it's a day after all that consumerism to say, hey, let's remember, let's not lose the spirit of the season, which is gratitude, which is generosity, which is looking forward to Advent, that season of celebrating that Christ has come and Emmanuel, God with us, really is with us. And so last year on Giving Tuesday, about $117 million was donated to different charities. And this year, Extreme is participating in Giving Tuesday, and we in the development office with Nate want to give a chance for our missionaries to say thank you to their supporters, but also to give people the opportunity to be generous. Reinvest that money you saved by shopping on Black Friday into being generous um, to different charities, and obviously we believe our missionaries are awesome. They're doing great things in this country and the world, and so support them go ahead and be generous and fight back that consumerism with generosity so watch your facebook feeds for the missionaries you know who will be looking for support this giving tuesday november 29th that's awesome so nate what what's your uh what's your vistazo this month yeah my vistazo is uh, uh another podcast uh in the uh, podcast uh, world <coughs> yeah what <laughs> This is the only podcast. That's true. Just kidding. This is the only one. But it's a podcast called This Nazarene Life, and it is um, a podcast that is um, produced by Reverend Britt Bullerjack, and she is a young adult pastor at Oklahoma City First Church of the Nazarene and has an incredible vision for um, hearing the stories, creating a space at the table, and a voice for young clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. Hmm. And so the podcast is designed for young clergy. They define young as kind of younger than 40 and their mentors. So people who have made space for them, encouraged. Um, And basically it's uh, weekly stories of clergy from the Church of the Nazarene just talking about uh, their journey within the Church of the Nazarene, their call, their ministry, what they do, um, areas that that they, reasons why they stayed in the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, And so it just brings up a lot of really good things that are part of kind of clergy conversations in a lot of denominations, but particularly our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great podcast. I'd love to see us have her on the show sometime. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, in part because we have a lot of clergy in our organization that are young. And um, of our returning missionaries, about it's over like 56 plus percent um, in, engage in full-time ministry and Christian service in when they come back to the States from the mm. mission field. Um, and if they're not in, in full-time ministry or some kind of Christian service, they're incredibly devoted lay people. And so I feel like there's a lot of a lot of uh, synergy within our organizations. But she's done an incredible job, has um, some really awesome stories uh, from the clergy in the U.S. and in the U.K. Um, and so I think it's something that I wanted to highlight. And I appreciate them and, and have been encouraged by the conversations and and know some of those clergy they also they've done a thing that they call young clergy meetups Um, and so they've done a couple in Oklahoma City and hopefully my goal is to have one in on the Intermountain District sometime uh, after the first of the year and so maybe uh, extreme will do prayer tours and meetups and you know Mm. I just I love all these ways that you know within our Denomination and within the kind of the Christian story, yeah, we can partner and do things together. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it is good. What about you, Trevor? What is your vistazo? A very good accent, Nate. Gracias. My vistazo is um, about uh, Cordoba, and they're two thirds of the way through their contract. That's awesome. Which is is crazy to think about. That's very crazy. Um, Working in an organization that maps out their basically life every two years, it makes time seem like it goes so much faster than it actually does. Yeah. Like, yeah, Cordoba, has it been two years that they've been on the field then? Or? Yes. They would have yeah. eight months left in Cordoba. Yeah. They just had their two thirds review. So. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So they're two thirds of the way through. Um, and they've been talking about how, uh, and there's there's an article online about this. Brooke wrote um, a two thirds progress review. Um, their their leadership are starting to take the place in the church of the of the missionaries. 
the missionaries are starting to take their step back. This is a really um, huge portion of our church plants where um, this is this is like what it's all about. We come in, we plant a church, and um, our goal is for these leaders to take the place and to continue on with uh, this this missional mindset that we've planted in these churches. So this is a pretty pivotal part of the church plant. The missionaries are, are handing over their responsibilities like worship, uh, Sunday school, greeting, uh, and hospitality, all these different pieces that, that the missionaries have been taking over mm-hmm. this whole time in the church, and they're starting to identify um, the, the church leaders in their church that have these strengths and they're starting to hand them over to them. So it's just this beautiful, beautiful time that they're starting to see in the church. And it's so exciting um, that they only have eight more months. Um, And some of our missionaries are going to be repeaters with Extreme. Um, Can't say who yet, but we'll have some faces sticking around the organization. And that's always exciting too for context because... We like to keep people who know our story. It's good news. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yay, congratulations, Cordova. Yeah. Great, great work. <clears throat> oh, and as of today, uh, as of this day that we are recording this episode, Antofagasta has been on the field in Antofagasta for one year. That's right. Yeah, so congratulations to Antofagasta, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, that wraps up our vistazos. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Chelsea Newton, nay Weber, um, which is the name I wanted to call her. I had to think for a second. Chelsea um, was a 4040 in the city of Ambato, Ecuador. And those of you who have followed our story in Extreme would know that Ambato, Ecuador uh, was our first church plant in Ecuador. And uh, one of their biggest challenges was at the very end of their contract when their construction on their church building got frozen. Uh, They started constructing, they had a short-term team come down uh, and start building their church building and all of a sudden the government came in and put a freeze on what they were doing and they had to wait and they waited and prayed for not a couple months, not one year, but two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a couple months ago, um, they got uh, clearance from the local government that they could start constructing again. So those of you out there who have been praying for this church building, thank you so much. The Lord moves at the sound of our voice. And it took two years, but oh man, we're, we're excited. So we got to talk to Chelsea. Uh, she got to come down to Ambato with a team from her home church to help start this construction process all over again. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Chelsea. All right, so on today's show, I'm here with Chelsea Newton. Hi, Chelsea, how are you doing? Hey, Trevor, I'm good, how are you? I'm great. Um, well, I mean, it's not been too long since I've seen you um, because you just got married recently and I was at your wedding. So, um, yeah. how long, how long have you guys been married now? You and Sean? Almost two months. Oh boy. Does it feel shorter or longer than that? <laughs> um, it might feel a little bit longer than that just cause we've had a lot of big events happen in the short time that we've been married. Totally. Are you outside? Uh, no, but I'm close to outside. Oh wow. I totally so hear a bird down. out the window. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, well, so Chelsea, you um, you worked for Extreme before. Um, you are a past 4040. You are a 4040 veteran. Um, so yes. you were in what city? I was in Ambato, Ecuador. Okay. And you are in what city right now? <laughs> I'm in Ambato, Ecuador. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I'm assuming that you didn't just stay there. You like left and now you're back, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Okay. I'm um, down here with the, a short-term team uh, from my church, actually. Yeah. 
yeah, so what are you what are you guys doing down there? Well, um, we near the end of our contract, we bought some land and we had a couple short term teams um, come to work on construction, but um, and actually the first team that came to work on construction was a team from my church. And right after that team left, we ran into some issues with the government and a whole bunch of paperwork and and permits and all that stuff. And so um, they were actually the only team that was able to work on construction in Ambato. And for the next two years, they had issue after issue with paperwork and weren't able to continue building. And um, so this money that was given by the Nebraska district um, was pretty much just sitting there waiting for something to happen. And just recently, a few weeks ago, uh, we got the green light to go ahead and and build again. And so um, people have been here working on site uh, for about five weeks now when we arrived uh, about a week ago and started working again on the church and some awesome progress being made. Everybody's pretty tired at night, but it's really fulfilling to be able to continue working on that building. Wow. So like... So this church that's there right now was there when you were a forty forty. Um, it is it is your home church, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So like, how how long had you been going to this church? Like, is this a church that you've gone to your whole life, or? Um, pretty much with a, a couple years um, in there, going to a different church, but this church has really been my home church. Yeah, and it's North Platte First Church of the Nazarene, Nebraska. Yes. Um, it used to be called First Church of the Nazarene, and um, they bought a new building, and they named it Parkview Community Church of the Nazarene. Okay, very cool. Um, so yeah, that's in North Platte, Nebraska. Um, and and Chelsea, what is so special about North Platte? I know there's something special about North Platte. <laughs> oh, there's lots of special things about North Platte. I would consider Cody Go Cards to be one of those special things about North Platte. <laughs> what cards? I think the people are pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Go-karts. Oh, a, go-karts. Well, the history behind that statement was I was on a like Little Miss Nebraska competition when I was little, and they asked us to introduce ourselves, and I said, Hi, my name is Chelsea Weber, and I'm from North Platte, Nebraska, home of Cody Go-karts. And apparently that went over very well. <laughs> so, Cody, is that the park there, Cody Park? Um, well, Cody Go-Karts is like another, another place there. Like everything in North Platte's named after, um, Cody, you know, so we've got like a Fort Cody and we've got Cody Park and we've got Buffalo Bills Ranch, which is, you know, all related to that. <laughs> you do not sound impressed when you talk about Buffalo Bill. <laughs> we've got a railroad. We have like the largest railroad yards in the world so that's pretty cool yeah um well little little north platte (laughs) has a team uh in ecuador right now so yeah they were down there when you were 40 40 um and you witnessed them Mm -hmm. uh build this church so like now it was it wasn't very short after they started building um that they ran ran into trouble right like, how, how soon after they were there did you guys get, like, flagged by the local government? Well, there were about, there was about three weeks' time period between when the, the group from my church and my district was there and the next group was supposed to be there. And it was, I think it was pretty much the week after we, they left. We, they had laid, like, the foundation of the church and then the government was like, nope, you're not building it right. It's out of the permit. So That's ridiculous. And you guys had like a, a legal person working with you too. So it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like you guys just started a work that you didn't think would be completed, right? Like you, you guys had somebody who knew the rules, but then something went wrong. Right, or... absolutely. It, we had hired an architect and... They had, you know, built it according to what they knew as the laws. Honestly, I mean, it couldn't have been anything other than than Satan coming in and trying to mess up the plans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, 
the probably what what would you say was like the biggest challenge to that? Like why was that such a um, uh, a heartbreaker for your team? Beside the fact that like I mean you weren't going to have a church by the time um, you guys retired from the field. Like what what was the what were the pressing matters of getting this church built? Well, I think financially it was hard for us to leave the church having to continue renting their building because, I mean, we all know that when a team leaves, there's there's like an adjustment period yeah. where, you know, attendance goes down um, in the, you know, the pastor's family, um, you know, the church need to be, you know, bringing in some money to be able to support the pastor's family. And, you know, we knew that if we left them with anything, you know, it was going to be really difficult for them. And, and it really was. And, you know, it's, and it's hard too. you know, when you work for, you know, two years and we've invested like two and a half years of our lives in this church, you know, we want to see it completed, you know, like we want to feel like, you know, we left giving that church the best possible chance that it could have. And, you know, to leave when that wasn't done kind of felt like, you know, we were, not completed in the mission. Yeah. So you guys uh, left the field how long ago? It was February of 2015, so mm-hmm. a year and eight months ago. That's crazy. So all this time, they didn't have a church building to meet in. And like, when when did you hear like first word that something was changing on like in the government? Well, um, they, they have a building that they've been renting and they still are continuing to rent, but it, it was, I think if I understand right about $300 a month and that's, you know, a significant amount. And, um, I started hearing back in, well, it was probably about a year ago that they were hoping things were going to turn around. And then we, we had originally planned on coming down in March and, um, about January, they said things still aren't there yet. And so back in April, then we started hearing that things were starting to turn out good. They had a, a group from the district down here in Ecuador that um, was going to come and build them. And and then um, it did not work out and they still um, kept dragging their feet. And then um, just recently, and I don't know the date, but, um, pastors telling me that it wasn't that long ago at all. They finally got the green light to be able to go. So you guys are there now. And, and you said that pastor really only got the green light a couple, like really not that long ago. Yeah. They've started building about five weeks ago. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So what is the team doing there now? Like what are, what's the work that you guys are doing? Um, they are actually on the job site right now, and it's, I believe, day five, something like that. And they are bending rebar, and they've got all the, um, help me out with this, Sean. Rebar, concrete, they're starting the second floor. They're starting the second floor. They've got, oh, wow. um, like, the supporting bars up Cool. for that. And they've been laying rocks, the rocks that go underneath the concrete. Uh-huh. They did that. Um, down on the bottom area and then like up a level they're um, preparing like the altar area and so they've got all the rocks in that so pretty much the girls all day yesterday were laying rocks and it's like a puzzle that they put together with rocks to yeah um, cover that then they'll cover that with concrete so um, there's it's a lot of hard labor right now yeah not any of the easy stuff that's for sure so how long are you guys going to be there um, well, we'll be doing construction through this week, and then um, next Wednesday, I believe, is when we fly out in the middle of the night. Okay, next Wednesday. Um, and mm-hmm. so then, like, what? What's your? What's the goal? Like, what? What do you guys want to have done there at the church? You know, um, Mark's been telling us that we've gotten a lot more done than he was expecting. Hmm. So um, I'm not exactly sure what the new goal is but we will definitely be posting pictures every day and yeah um and i think they're probably going to be um trying to get all the supports done um for the second floor and you know best case scenario we would you know lay the concrete for the second floor yeah wow that is so cool so like 
How does it feel to be back? I know you've been planning this trip for over a year. So how does it feel to be back in Ambato and seeing um, people that that you left behind and all your old disciples? Like, how does that? How does all that feel? How are you feeling? You know, it's it's a mixture of emotions, really. Um, I struggled uh, with the thought of coming back because you know we had this amazing experience for two years down here, and I knew that things were not the same because the church had had gone through some struggles and it was a difficult couple of years for them. And so I, I, I wanted to just imagine that everything was the same as it was when we left, Yeah, you know, just on this high note and wonderful, but, um, really I'm, I'm glad that I came down. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you remembering all those emotions that I felt when I first came down Bato and like, as we drive through the city, I'm looking at all these different places and remembered, Oh, we did an event here. And, we did this event here, and and I remember this part because we did this and this here, and I'm probably driving our team crazy because I keep reminiscing about these things. But yeah, um, seeing the people that have stuck with the church and are faithful with the church, you know, not that we would have thought that what we did was in vain, but um, it really reminds us that what we what we did while we were here, you know, has a lasting impact, and mm. um, and it also reminded me that. You know, the continuing relationship with the church is so important that um, we don't just, you know, work for two years down here and, and walk away. You know, I think it's really special that our church and our district has been able to maintain a relationship and continue to support because um, they don't have a whole team here, but they know that there's a group that's lifting them up in prayer and mm. that is, you know, available to, you know, come down every couple years and, and and help them out where they need help so yeah that's pretty cool to think about that um that church the ambata church has a sister church in the states and i'm sure there are others that that support ambato too um but it's it's unique the relationship um that ambato has with north platte um was there was there another way that North Platte uh, had supported Ambato, the church plant, before? Um, our district had raised uh, $49,000 to um, pay for the building. Um, and that is only paying for part of the building, but it's paying for enough to get a good foundation started. And so that was that was a big way that our district was involved in, and our church really got behind that. And that was really neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then like in setup of the church, when you got there, when you first got there, was there something that the church had helped? Possibly. I don't <laughs> did they like, did they, I thought they like had um, uh, helped out the church with getting a keyboard and, and a lot of the musical stuff or was that something else? Oh, I think you're right. I think we did. Um, I think we did pay for the keyboard. Yeah. I think you're right. I'd so, forgotten about that. Yeah. I remember for you. It wasn't even my church plant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, Trevor, for helping me remember what my church did. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> but that that is really cool how um, involved this church has been and um, that it wasn't just a, a short-term involvement, but it's been a long-term involvement really really cool um what who's been a disciple that you've seen there that that you've been really excited about like what what's one of the disciples that you've seen um of the ones that i have had um one really cool story um there was a lady named elizabeth and she was um the lady that i taught piano um because i was leaving and i wanted somebody to be able to keep playing piano there and mm -hmm. so we spent like nine months several times a week um, practicing piano and uh, while I've been here they've had me play with the worship team and she came to practice one night and there were a couple songs that I hadn't heard before and she stood beside me and taught me how to play songs oh, wow. which I thought was really cool that that came full circle yeah <laughs> uh, that's really neat and wow. we also were able to go to 
uh, youth Bible study that they started, um, and we actually went to the first study, and they had several new people there, and the one who was teaching was my disciple, and so that was really cool to see that. That is so cool. That is really cool. Uh, so before we got on the phone here, uh, you had told me something about an Octavio. I think he's there in your church. What What did you want to share about him? Um, he's actually a guy that lives in the neighborhood of the church that they're building. And uh, he is a believer. Um, but it was neat because one of our short-termers, Cindy, she uh, walked across the street one day because she needed to get something from a store and started talking to him and got to know him a little bit. And the next day he shows up at the job site in his nice clothes and he brings his own wheelbarrow and helps us lay cement for several hours. Oh wow! And that was the coolest thing. And then he continues the relationship every day in one way or another. Um, when they couldn't use the restrooms at the job site, he let our team come and use the restroom in his store. And every day Cindy's been going over there and getting to know him better. And, and it's been neat to hear how he's kind of watched the progress over the last couple of years. And yeah. he said to Cindy, yeah, it's been two years since they've been able to build. And mm. I think it's awesome that they're able to build now and has mm. been a great support for the church, even though he doesn't even go to our church. That's really cool. That's really cool. So is he is he interested in going to the church once it's built, or is he just a... Uh... Well, it sounds like his family is pretty uh, dedicated to the church that they go to, oh, uh-huh. but it's awesome to have support in the neighborhood. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that, that doesn't always happen. When you get a neighbor or two that they're really opposed to having, you know, all the noise and all the cars and all that stuff, yeah. um, it, it can really be a burden for the church um but to have neighbors that are supportive and neighbors that are interested in what's going on um that's a huge help to to what they're doing yeah and it's even cool too that like um obviously the community notices like they know what's going in and they know like how long it's been that that you guys have been trying to get there so I think I think that's kind of cool yeah. that the community sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's awesome that people from other churches are supportive because you know it's not you know us and them or a competition for people. No, we're mm-hmm. going to support each other, and yeah. if the churches would do that and about more people would reach, you know, a saving relationship with Christ because you know, be working together as the kingdom and not separate. Yeah. So since you being there um, and and seeing the church body and seeing uh, the pastor and the pastor's wife and and seeing all of it, like what has been, uh, like what's your new hope for, or maybe even your continuing hope for the church um, as it goes onward? I really really pray that it continues to grow and and I I pray that the the people that are being raised up as leaders begins to grow um, so that you know there's not so much heavy weight on the pastors that they can be more overseers and not necessarily the teachers and all the the circumstances and I think that's starting to happen again um, they just they went through a really rough stretch but they're really on the upward right now I believe and having our team here this week I think has been very encouraging for the pastor and um, just I just really pray that they can get out of the building that they're renting and they can get into their own space that they've prayed for and they fasted for for years that um, the whole church could be involved in that building it was cool the the second day we went to construction we showed up and there were about 20 people from the church that were helping build and they just kept showing up throughout the day and and helping with cement and helping lay rocks and it was just really neat to to have our team and then the church working together to build this church. I really think the more invested that the church in Abato can be in their own building, you know, the more they will be connected with staying with the church family. Mm. And yeah. um, I it, it makes me sad that, you know, it's not at the 100 100 that it was when we left, but 
sometimes I think when we go through difficult times, we come out stronger. And I think that that is definitely um, a strong possibility for this church that they will continue to grow at a faster rate now. And it will be more sustainable because, you know, there's not people here that are going to leave. I mean, everybody here is going to stay here. So that's, I think, an encouraging thing. Absolutely. Yeah, so what what are some things that our listeners can be praying for for Ambato? Um, one thing that we could definitely be praying for is um, funding for the rest of the building. Um, our district raised, you know, some for the for the lower levels, but they have plans to um, build onto the top of the church so that the pastor's family can live there, and so they won't have to be paying rent on their own house. I think that would be very helpful for for them to free them up to be able to serve more. And so um, finances for that, um, definitely praying for the leaders, praying for um, unity and purity in the body of the church, that um, they would continue to walk, you know, not dependent on any leader, but they would walk through their own relationship with Christ. Um, Definitely what we would pray for any church, but that's what I really pray for this church. Um, those are the things that come to mind right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, we will definitely be, um, lifting those things up here in the office and, um, and to our listeners, we invite you to pray for Ambato in those ways as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's so inspiring that, um, North Platte, the, the Nazarene church from North Platte is down there right now. Um, and seeing their continued relationship with this church. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing, and, and it needs more support. So um, we'll be praying for that support to come in and for uh, more of that local leadership to rise up. Um, yeah, that's great. It was really good to hear from Chelsea, and it was actually really exciting to talk to Chelsea while she was down in Ambato, while she was in the mix of everything that was going on. So that was really cool. So thankful to you, Chelsea. Thank you so much for making the time to sit down and talk. Um, But yeah, she took the time out of her crazy schedule to sit down and talk about what what was going on. So what were some of your guys' thoughts? Like what stood out to you about about what she talked about? I love the... And these are just things that I see echoed throughout uh, our organization and the things we do. When she talked about the her disciple um, teaching the gal she taught how to play piano, teaching her how to play. You know, I think just the that's a perfect metaphor and picture for our listeners of uh, to the re- kind of raising your replacement process. And, and raising your disciples and while it speaks of you know teaching her how to play music uh, there's so much more to uh, the relationship that they had and Chelsea really discipling this gal to be uh, the leader that God has created and called her to be and then goes back years later and sees her continuing to serve in the church lead worship um, and then teach her something and I can guarantee you having been in discipling relationships that were reciprocal um, I guarantee you the feeling that gal had when that was happening was overwhelming Mm. of just Mm. repaying, you Mm. know, all of the effort and energy and time that Chelsea paid and, Mm. and the desire to want to honor um, and respect and revere um, the one who shaped her and her relationship with the Lord. I think it's, it's a beautiful picture. And so I just reached out of the, uh, of the podcast and grabbed my heart when I heard her say that was pretty cool. So Mm. that was, I loved that too. Yeah, I did too. So good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know Kaylin and I can really relate to that as well. Um, and that, uh, doing church planting, uh, and pouring so much time into disciples and seeing so many just bite the dust and then others really excel and, and to know that there's lasting fruit um, yeah, like, like Christ says, like, or I think it's Paul that talks about the lasting fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, just that love that we've poured out on them, like love lasts. And so it's cool to see, um, that love continue on, uh, in, in disciples like that. And yeah, to see them 
really grasping and holding on to it and really getting it. It's like, yes, like success. Right. So good. <laughs> How about you, Kaylin? What were your thoughts? The relationship that the district and Chelsea's church has mm-hmm. with the church in Ambato was really cool to hear about. Um, I think Nate mentioned reciprocal relationships, and that goes on a bigger scale than just individuals. It also occurs with churches and districts, right. and it's really cool to see. It's cool every time, really, that we see one of our church plants create this relationship with a church yeah. in another country. The prayer relationships that are formed, obviously there's financial benefits for usually one side but to know that it's deeper than that it's friendships it's relationships it's prayer it's these long-term things that really make a difference Mm -hmm. um when we think about the churches that we start in extreme trevor mentioned earlier we have two years as missionaries in these church plants and then we move on and so something we continually talk about in the organization is how those churches can be supported when the the extreme missionaries aren't there we don't want to create relationships where they're relying on us forever but we also don't want them to feel on their own and so something really cool that happens often with short-term projects is it creates a long-term relationship Um, I'm part of a church here in um, Ontario, Oregon, actually, where Michael was a member before moving to Peru. And they just went to Manta and visited our church plant in Manta this summer, where they have another 40-40 serving. And they're talking about going back. They're continually Mm. praying for that church. You know, they care. And it's not just about the money invested there. It's about how those relationships formed benefit their life. And so what we see is this mutual benefit, reciprocity, whatever you want to call it, it's a really beautiful picture of the kingdom that everybody has their piece to offer. Even if it seems like a widow's might, it matters in the context of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I, I got to do Chelsea's wedding photography over this past summer, and I got to go to this church that went down um, on this trip and uh, on their wall inside their their sanctuary they have a spot where they have all these pictures from when they went down mm-hmm. to Ambato so um, that that was before they they went down to do the construction uh, so they they are so connected with them and that they have uh, like printed out pictures in their sanctuary of this very special time and this yeah. very special relationship that they've built. Um, it's really beautiful that um, that we as an organization basically get to be a bridge to, um, yeah, to bridge relationship between sisters, like mm-hmm. these brides, you know, <laughs> like the bride in Nebraska and the bride in Ambato, like there's this connection there, these sisters, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're in communication and they have mm-hmm. a relationship. It's so cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really neat that Chelsea um, got to share this experience with her hometown. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like she, they went down while she was on the field too. Um, but that was a completely different context. She was a 40-40. This time, she got to share uh, this experience of going down and seeing um, the fruits of her labor with her community back at home. And uh, that's just such a special thing um, to share those experiences with people. So um, I'm really thankful that she got to mm-hmm. to share that experience with her with her. Um, her husband now too. Yeah. yeah. Um, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually went down on the trip that they went down first while she was down there. Um, so even just different context there too. Wow. Like yeah. now she's married to that man. Um, yeah. So yeah. Really well, that's cool. cool too. One thing she didn't, I don't know that came out um, and we haven't said it either here, but She's a pastor at that church mm. in the States. Mm-hmm. She's on staff, and here's someone, part of Extreme. And I don't know Chelsea enough to know. Maybe you know more, Trevor, but in terms of her call previous to coming with Extreme, if, if she felt called to be a pastor or how that has changed or grown since she's been on that field. 
But regardless, you know, her experience, and I remember in the hiring process, because uh, she was thinking about staying on with Extreme and then kind of wrestling with the call and what to do. And, right. But part of the, uh, I think for her and for her local church was her experience um, mm-hmm. in kind of this missional uh, in, in endeavor on the mission field. Um, and then her experience with discipleship within the church plant. And those are things that this local church really had a part of kind of their core values and things they wanted to pursue. And, and Chelsea saw someone who could help lead in that way. And so mm-hmm. I loved that. You know, here's a young woman who is has a call to ministry and now is on staff um, at her church, taking them back to, um, to the mission field where she was on staff, um, with even just that as a young leader leading a congregation, many of the people older than her, to a place where she was for two years, you know, mm-hmm. serving and just... I'm sure the credibility for her people, you know, to see her as a leader and see more of her story. And I just, I loved that. I think that was pretty, pretty cool. And I wanted to make sure that was, was voiced. Uh, yeah. And I think it both says a lot about Chelsea and, and says some about who we are as an organization. I think the things we value, mm-hmm. you know, valuing women in leadership, valuing people who can come back and, Engage uh, in the local church in the states and really see that happen a lot with our people. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really good. I love that about Chelsea and her story. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that fifty six percent of the people who come back from doing forty forty into the U S. get involved in full time ministry at yeah. some sort of level. Um, and uh, for our listeners out there, if you are a young adult between the ages of 18 to 29, and you feel a call into missions work, uh, we really invite you to to look into 4040. And if you're not interested in being a pastor, <laughs> you don't have to be a part of the 56%. But, you know, God does amazing things to our hearts right. on the field. I remember when I was looking at doing 4040, um, it was... It was completely a God thing because I was not looking at doing missions at all, um, but the Lord got a hold of my heart and he changed it completely. Um, yeah, so if you're listening and you have even the inkling of, of looking into 4040, check it out. Go to our website, extremenazarene.org. Um, we have tons of information on there about what 4040 is all about and what we do in extreme. Even if you're not a single young person, right now one of our highest needs is for accountants and IT people and all of these really professional positions that you need training and knowledge to do. Those are some of our highest needs right now. So even if you're not a single young person, pray about what God might be calling you to do and how you can get involved. And a list of open positions can be found online as well, or you can contact us on the website and and have somebody just talk to you about what the possibilities are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would love to talk to you. Oh, and before we wrap up talking about Chelsea's interview, I want to say congratulations, Chelsea. We're so happy for you guys and your marriage. God bless you. Yeah, congratulations, Chelsea and Sean Newton. Okay, well, that is it for this episode. We're signing off. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye, friends. Goodbye. Bye, guys.